podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. They could break here, Chelsea. This could be the moment. Frank Lampard for Chelsea. It's Carvalho to his right. Lampard for the title. Lampard, it's 2-0. It's Chelsea's championship. And 50 years of waiting have come to an end. Lampard comes out to Essien. Oh my goodness. It's a counter-attack. Here's Didier Drogba. And now Kedir in the middle. Drogba goes. Stretch it. Stretch it. Hello and welcome everybody to another episode of Chessie Hour. I'm your host Daniel Soft. I'm joined by this nice little intimate crowd of Anu, my co-host, and Pearls, my co-host. What are you saying, guys? I'm good, man. I'm good. You're good? Anu, you're looking into the screen. <laughs> are you good? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm here, I'm here. Okay, cool. You're right. Yeah, good, bro. You was looking into the screen like, do you know one of them African uncles that don't have to use technology? Like, what's going on? You know, I, I think I saw I shaved my hair in it. I want to show everyone. Okay. Not, not oh, like, you want to? Not like I, it's a podcast. Not like you can see me anyway, but just for the world. I might, I might just put this on YouTube just for you, even though it's just you on. Um. So yeah, new hairstyle, new manager. Um. We've had a game. We just obviously the last game we had was Newcastle, and we won that. Head to the Patreon if you want to hear the breakdown. Shemi done a good breakdown with Timpson and Anu. I'm sorry, not Anu, and um, Jermaine. So, yeah. <laughs> this podcast, I thought I'll get Anu and Pels on. Just to kind of, it's been five games. I think it's five games since Tuchel come in. And I just kind of wanted to touch base on all of your opinions on Tuchel, how it's gone so far. Maybe bring in a little bit of the Lampard stuff as well. Um, so, yeah, that's what we're going to do. And I've created different kind of areas. So I looked at championship manager. You know how championship manager, they kind of break down the coaches, you know, man management and all that type of stuff. So we'll talk a little bit about all of that. But first, and I'll come to you, Annie, first. Um, so far from what you've seen from Tuchel, if there's one manager you'd say that he kind of reminds you of, not in terms of who he is, or you can do who he is, but also like in terms of the style of play that we're, we're kind of um, putting onto the pitch. Yeah, so I just kind of wanted to see, like, get if you've got like an idea of a manager he reminds you of. Um, in terms of play, you know, like the first 
it's a tough question actually. Yeah. Um, in terms of like the first Mourinho phase, mm. the first Mourinho phase. So in terms of we were like a very good, um, we were very good with the ball and defensively we were solid. But mm-hmm. we thought that we moved the ball quickly out. Um, typically, obviously, sometimes we went to the wings. He loves focusing on the. Obviously, the formation was different. But he loved focusing, playing through the wings, something through the middle, very quickly, um, decisive, generally and clinical. Um, so I would say I think that's what Tuchel's trying to bring. I really don't think his philosophy has been fully enforced yet in the team. Mm-hmm. I think it's still very early days. Um, but I would say that from the top of my head. Um, and I, really, I know it's going to sound weird. Man management, I would actually relate him to Mourinho as well. And what I mean mm-hmm. by that, he just seems very in touch with his, um, he's very in touch with the players. Um, I feel like he he seems already like to have gained relationships with all the individuals. I think you see it on the pitch, you mm-hmm. see it after the games, and you see it in the post-match interviews. Um, he really seems like he's out there on the pitch playing with them. Um, and apart from, uh, obviously, Conte as well had that real passion on the sidelines. Conte yeah. as well, so I really think he reflects that sense of of personality. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I, I think that's that, that's it for my first ask. Difficult. That's cool. No, it's cool. I, when you talks about um, kind of bonded the players, and you know how Mourinho is after a win, he'll go out onto the pitch and he'll be like, "Yeah, we won," and he almost shake people. And we saw that video of him kind of trying to get emotion out of Kante, like, come on, man, come and show me some emotion. Kante wasn't showing nothing. At all. Um, Palumi, I mean, Pels, what, what do you think in terms of, you can talk about as a man, or, or you can talk about um, his tactics, etc., or you can talk about both. Um, but does, do you see any, any type of other managers in Tuchel? I think, uh, I don't think there's a lot to be taken from the football that we've seen at the minute. Um, just because of the, mm-hmm the lack of kind of contact time I imagine he's had. Um, the fact that he's come mid-season, the fact that the games have come so frequently. And it's funny because in one of the podcasts, not podcasts, press conferences I was listening to today, um, he speak, they kind of ask him about that, the balance between the, you know, frequency of the games they've had and, and how much training they've been able to do. Um, so I, I think it's just, it's a little bit, it must be quite difficult for him to instill a lot of what he wants. Um, into the team, especially where he took them over and and the kind of demands in terms of immediately getting three points. From a man, the man management perspective, or from from him, like as a person, yeah, um, he does give me a little bit of like a a, a pep. Um, mm. I I feel like I feel like that I get that kind of impression from his press conferences. I think the honesty in terms of when they talk about. Um, when they talk about the tactics, um, I, I think he's even, I think he's blunter than Pep in that sense. Um, there's like a kind of um, weird sort of genius about him that's, that makes me feel like he's, you know, you know like the awkwardness of, about like, he's so yeah. focused on the football sometimes that he's got to kind of yeah. measure his, measure his speech and um, he's very clear, um, incredibly yeah. clear. Or just like, I think there was a clip that went around um, at some point last season of Pep Linders, the, the um, Liverpool assistant coach when he, mm. he just took a press conference and it, it just reminded me like it reminded me of that and I think it, it's, it's something that comes out when you're just a really kind of real football guy really football focused um, yeah. his his observations post game are typically more or less in line with the game 
this is less about kind of the surrounding things. It's less about whatever else has gone. And it's always about, yeah. you know, the number of touches we took in the opposition box or, or the number of four passes or the first line of press or of the opposition team. There's always something kind of tactical that's happened that he's commenting on as yeah. opposed to um, some of the things that I think typically journalists want to hear about in terms of player selection and that sort of stuff. So um, yeah, for me, it's, it's just very much a, a coach. I, I just get that. I don't, I don't really feel like I'm talking to a character. I just think I'm talking to somebody analyzing the game or I'm, I'm listening to that story. And so, so you'd say Pep as well, because we, we know that him and Pep were going to dinners after in Germany when they were both managing there and kind of discussing tactics. Yeah. And, yeah, yeah. That's, that's probably who I'd say he's, he's most like. Um, and I, I just think they've got the same, I think all good coaches, modern coaches have similar principles. Mm. Um, and I think it's quite, it's quite evident in, in both of them. Really, yeah. All right, cool. So I want to talk about um, talent ID because I think this is one of the the things that um, manager to manager, everybody has their own preferences, right? So we saw under Lampard, certain players were playing. Um, coming to Tuchel, we're seeing a little bit of a change. Um, so one of the, the big things when he first came in was Mount didn't start a game. And the media was like, if you've been watching, you know, Mount's been our best player, what are you doing, et cetera, et cetera. So I want to talk a little bit about um, talent ID. Let's start with Mount. Um, the fact that he didn't play Mount the first game, obviously the media was in the rage. Um, yeah, in fact, just in general, what do you think about his talent ID? We can come into players later, but what do you feel like so far, in terms of the, the players that he's picked, um, what do you feel like his talent ID is like? Do you, do you trust it? Or are you a bit, okay, why is this player playing? Because I know, I know on a Discord, we had a, a, a big discussion about Kepa. And... Mm -hmm bringing him in, do you know what I'm saying? So, yeah, what, what do you think about Tuchel's pick so far? Yeah, well, in terms of talent ID, I don't think he's really, um, I don't think he's really shown it yet. And what I mean by that is because he's doing this sense of rotation, I'm going to give everyone a clean slate. We don't actually know what his best 11 is. Mm. So I can tell you what his best, what who he thinks is who he recognises to be the most talented or who he recognises to be the best at 11, because we have not seen it yet. To the mm. point where we're, we're six games in and we still don't know. We're six games in and Pulisic has not started a Premier League game. But that, that shows, but that shows you that there is some things to draw upon. There's players that have started most of the games, there's players that haven't started. Yes, or you can counter that and say that the reason Pulisic hasn't started is because he feels like he knows him already from his... Dortmund days and therefore he doesn't need to prove himself to them he already knows what Pulisic can bring so why why hasn't Zuma started so why hasn't Zuma so why hasn't Zuma started do you know oh, what I'm saying yeah Zuma, what has Zuma not started in the Premier I know he started that Barnsley game is that the only yeah. game he started exactly this is what I'm saying so well, again that's why so if we link it we're all guessing here so if we link it to to that mm -hmm. it doesn't make sense because it's not as fair as the others the fact that Kepa's even started ahead of maybe Zuma in the Premier game. It's a bit mm -hmm. strange. Um, it could also mean that he doesn't want to mess around with the back four, with the back three. I okay, think which is true, which is true. So you've got that. And then also Kante hasn't started. Again, that could be, he doesn't want to mess with Jorginho and Kovacic. Kante also when he started though, came in injured. So you could say that he's kind of a bit. So there's a lot, there's a lot of guesswork here. So in terms of talent ID, it's very difficult to establish who he thinks is the best. I do like what he's doing. So in terms mm -hmm. of the mounting that you brought up, but um, I thought that was such a big character trait of him because he's come at a time when Chelsea was struggling. He knew that 
the media were in support of Lampard and he said, fuck this, I'm picking my experienced players no matter what you say, 24 hours. And he said it and he did it. And he's kept, he's kept doing that throughout. So I think it shows he has a strong personality. He's not afraid to make changes. And mm-hmm. I think it's keeping all the players on their toes. I think the players are playing to a better standard also because of the fact that they don't know if they're starting the next game. Mm-hmm. That's going to make you jump up. And that's got to make even Mount jump up as well because Mount probably didn't, knew he could play bad and mm-hmm. he'll be playing next week. Mm. knows that's not the case. So, so, so I don't think we know the talent idea as of yet, but yeah, yeah, we don't. But from so far, we're just going to go on what we know so far. So, for instance, before this, most people would have thought Alonso was dusted. He's brought yes. Alonso back in. It might be a formational thing, but Palumi, what do you feel so far in terms of obviously, like it's early days, we can't make solid conclusions. But in terms of what you've seen so far from the players that he seems to warm to most. Um, yeah, what are you thinking about his talent ID? I feel like the, for me, talent ID is is kind of, is more about observing like characteristics or traits of players, judging skill level, performance level, um, and using that kind of, obs- that ability to observe, to inform um, decisions, basically. And mm-hmm. I think his ability to observe characteristics and just a, almost like just take players for what they are and use that to form a squad is is, is strong. Um, But I I feel like from a team selection perspective, that a lot of that feeds into kind of reasoning. So his his own, I think his own reasoning is is something that I've I've seen to be quite solid um, because I feel like he is quite honest. Um, It's never really veered away from what he said. So um, I don't know, starting Alonso because of height, starting Alonso as a wing back because that's something he's comfortable with. um, Those things, are those things are, are things that I kind of look at and think this isn't necessarily about maybe who the best or who his preference of player might be. It's more about what how it fits the team and, and what the best team is um, yeah. in relation to what he's trying to do. Um, I think the, the other thing that he, he kind of mentioned is Gary Neville and Jamie Carragher asked, asked him just about the kind of shape. And he basically just said, listen, we started with a back three against the Wolves because... Um, you know, Wolf, that's the shape that Wolves play play in. Um, mm. And then it did well. And I just didn't think there was a need to change it after that. Um, so I, I think there's like aspects of it that we're, we're missing, not missing, but we, we won't get the full story yet just based off of, you know, the context that he's in. So I'm, I'm not drawing too many conclusions from it personally. I will add though something and to yeah. give you, and I, I agree with what you're saying, bro. And um, just in terms of, to give you a direct answer, because I feel like you're trying to push for that. I would say, I feel, no, 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 I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put okay, my neck up. Okay. I do feel like it is quite clear to me from what I've seen that there's, he very much favours Cho and he very much favours Werner, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. I think it's clear um, Werner's basically starting nearly all the games. It's clear he mm-hmm. wants to get him firing. Mm-hmm. And Cho, I think it's clear he wants to make him the main man. I think you yeah. see it from the you see it from the reaction post games, and you see it from the games he's been resting in as well. If you yeah. take anything from that, I think it's clear that he's trying to make Cho the main man here, mm-hmm. and Werner firing. I think those are the only two I'd put my neck out and say. And of course, Jorginho and, and Kovacic because they started two in the middle of every game. It's mm-hmm. clear those four are in his thinking of core players in my yeah. opinion. Which is interesting. So when I'm talking about talent ID. If- we, t- we, f- we think back to Lampard and Mount was the crucial player under Lampard. Um, allegedly, he wants to build his team around Hudson-Odoi. Not only that, 
he's seen Hudson like before this. If you said Hudson Doig wing back, I know I think he might have played there once or twice, um, coming off the bench for Lampard. But Hudson Doig wing back, Hudson himself has said, I never saw myself in that position. I know in Germany. talents and you know like we've seen Alfonso Davies go there and Alfonso, Alfonso Davies when he went to Bayern at first he was a winger he was a typical winger but they made him a wing back too um Tuchel said come in to the Wolves match because don't forget that he had like one training session before he said that um he saw something in Hudson's game to make him play wing back um what do we think about Hudson Odoi as wing back and that decision from Tuchel to, to play it because I know there's some people on our cast like Timpson Meads they don't want to see him as wing back anymore Interesting. Should I go, Pels? You, you got it. Um, I think um, I don't mind it. Mm-hmm. I don't mind it, and I the reason why I don't mind it because I think in that Wolves game and the uh, the Wolves game and our game straight after, well, yeah, exactly. Uh, sorry, um, I thought he looked sharp at the, at the that wing back position. I know he's had a few rusty games. Now he wasn't too good against. Um, the last two games, he wasn't too great. I think Newcastle, he didn't have his best game. Um, but I feel like there's potential. We've seen the potential for him and how good he can be. I think you've got two man of the matches playing that position. Yeah. Um, under two goals. So it's clear that he's a play. And I was listening to this from from another pundit, actually. I won't claim the credit. But it's, it's actually a, so impressive how Cho can adapt to all these positional changes in such a short period of time and not, not look out of place. It shows the intelligence of him as a player is extremely high. It's not easy to just look, look at the, for example, look at the Henderson, you drop a Henderson in centre-back. When you change a position like that, I know it's a bit plastic. You, everyone's saying, look, this is crazy. He's played there his whole life, but Cho's been moved from 10 to right wing to right wing back, and which is, has a lot of defensive attributes. So I don't mind it. And I really think Tuchel has seen something in the player that can play well in it. And the fact that I think we're going to play this position, all this uh, formation all season, I think he's had better, better performances than James there. Mm. So I think he's the best option there. So, so whether he's not a wing back I think he's the best right wing back Chelsea have right now and I don't think that should be changed especially as I think the formation's here to stay yeah what's your thoughts on it um it's a tough one because I think that these things just tie into people's preference of what what aspect of um you know a player's skill set that they get to show and what they get to show frequently um it's always been a kind of point of contention that Hudson on the right plays a certain way compared to how you play if you're playing off the left. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think ultimately as a wing back, you you know, you have a little bit more defensive responsibility. I personally just think in possession under Tuchel, we've been quite unimpressive. So when you see, um, you know, that your attacking players aren't thriving really, the the view is, you know, something needs to change, whether it be people's positions, whether it be the shape. Um mm-hmm. For me, I'm just happy he's playing. Like, I genuinely, like, there's there was a point where, you know, it really looked, um, really looked bad for him um, under the previous manager, and I just don't feel like he was really developing in the way that he needed to. Uh, mm-hmm. I think it's harder for him playing off the right in terms of the, the, some of the decisions he has to make when it comes to kind of coming inside. Do I pop it off my left? I think it's arguably even a little bit one-dimensional sometimes in terms of I'm going to go on the outside or I'm just going to kind of chop back and lay it off to somebody else. Um, yeah. But ultimately, 
from a from based on what is being done, like um, and you said, based on what's being done with the whole team, um, I think it's fitting. I think that it, him he there's no doubt he can play kind of in an inside forward role, or whatever. But to me, you you add him to a to a cocktail of of bodies that you probably doesn't need to, you need to be kind of mixed in with at the moment in terms of Mount Werner Havertz Ziyech potentially. You just you're just adding a little bit more confusion than is that is necessary. So for me, I'd I kind of keep him there. Um, is he like I said? Is he capable of playing elsewhere and playing further forward with a different kind of role? Absolutely. Um, but for me, that's not my prime worry at the moment. I also find it a little bit ironic that when he played well as a wing back, it was sick, it was amazing. Um, now he struggled a little bit in the last couple of games. Now it's because he's playing in that position and he should be playing elsewhere. I've had enough of it. I don't really like that. Um, if he's able to, if he's able to gain plaudits in that area, then um, then it's because he's capable of playing and he, and he's capable of working. Um, yeah, so that's that's kind of where I'm on it. So I kind of want to get a little bit into. You said that you feel like his possession has been unimpressive. What are you what are you lacking from? What you're expecting from a, a top Hudson Odoi performance that you're not seeing? No, no, so that was that was more the two as a two side, so like yeah. the whole team. I think with the ball, okay. the team. Okay. Yeah, so less less so Hudson specifically. I think I think in on the ball, he's he's dribbled with conviction, he's put crosses in, like he's he's done pretty much everything asked of him from that from that role. Um, yeah. But just the team as a whole, I think the attack is quite blunt, um, mm -hmm. as you said. But also, there's not a great deal of fluidity to what we've been doing um so that's kind of that's what my impressions are of of how we attack within the system and i think naturally within that it's harder to to really shine as as a kind of as an attacker within that system okay cool so verna because annie you mentioned verna and you said that yeah you feel like he's one of his mainstays um so obviously verna struggled i know palumi was one of the first people on the pod when it was fever pitch, you know, at that point where you've just bought a player and everyone's having him. Um, and Kalumi, I know a lot of people said maybe just being contrarian or whatever, but you was pointing out some flaws. Now, um, Werner has complained under Lampard about being played in the left wing. Tuchel has said that, okay, cool. The way I see it, the way he's best, I know we've talked about kind of two tens behind the striker in this 3-4-3 system and him playing on, in one of those positions because he gets to play the channels a lot more. So do you feel like there's been an upturn in his performances? I know he's obviously getting assists now. He just scored a goal again. Um, that could have happened under Lampard. Or do you feel like actually Tuchel was kind of, you know, used his knowledge and his talent ID to say, okay, cool, this is where he should be playing, et cetera, et cetera. So, Annie, yeah, what do you think about Werner under Tuchel? That's basically the gist of the question. Well, I think the the funniest thing is when it came to Werner, I always thought even under Lampard when he wasn't firing, mm. his off the ball movement was superb. I mm. did always think that, and I felt like what the a significant problem, not the main problem, but a significant problem was the fact that he was his runs were never getting picked out, and he was doing that in the early days of Chelsea. He was even doing that in these Champions League games when he was playing up top. The guy was making mad runs, and he just wasn't getting picked out. So, I. I know he's got a goal and a few assists, but mm. I don't think any of that has really changed on Tuchel because though that, that's occurring because of his behind the ball running. I think maybe what's happening, the players around him, there's instructions around him now to maybe find him more 
or to maybe look out for him more. And because of this not being the central striker and him not being the focal point, I think it helps him a lot because it's quite clear he likes picking the ball up deeper than a number nine would. So I think he loves those running in behind when like Giroud will be the focus or Tammy will be the focus and then he will get in play. So I do think something has been relayed in training under Tuchel in terms of find this guy, he's going to be making more work because they were missing him before a lot. They were missing him before and it doesn't seem like they're missing him as much before um, to the point of he seems a bit of the focal point um, with a lot of the runs, with a lot of the balls, wherever he is. He has a, seem, seem, uh, he has a sort of freedom role. Mm. So I do think, obviously, we all know, the whole world needs to know, he needs to improve in his finishing and his and his touch play, um, his touches off. Has it has his touch been as bad since under Tuchel? Because I don't... It wasn't... It wasn't a, there was one game I was on Discord, I don't know which one it was, even quite recently. It was definitely under Tuchel and it was still off. But it was definitely... It was good against Newcastle, of course. Um, he was he was sharp against Newcastle. Still made a few mistakes, but he was, it, was, it was better. I don't think any managers... I don't think it's any manager's fault for someone's touch being off, bro. I think like it could be confidence. Uh, like okay, so Kalumi, <laughs> let me ask you. So, what do you feel like? Do you feel like you've seen any changes from Werner under Lampard to Werner under Tuchel? No, not um, not. There's nothing kind of distinctive. I feel like the. I feel like he's as wasteful. I feel like he's like. I don't think there's there's much difference. I think there's a there's a kind of collective buy-in like mm-hmm. across kind of the journos fans that um Tuchel's got a kind of magic wand that is going to fix mm-hmm. whatever his problems were um and I think he he was very kind of honest in saying that like if there was a short answer or if there's a way to kind of immediately make these guys hit form um I would have told them how to do it already but a lot of it's kind of got to come from them and I think what you've seen in Werner is that maybe maybe slightly different is just that he just doesn't look as despondent when he misses. That's mm-hmm. what I'd say. Um, I think the position um, that he's picking up, he's operating in that left channel a lot. Um, it's maybe not out and out kind of wide by the touchline, um, mm-hmm. but if you look at kind of the Spurs game, I don't think he ever he he. The only time he crossed over to the other side or yeah was was when he won the penalty. Um, so he's very much kind of stationed in that area. It's a little bit narrower, but even even despite that, he's not really, you know, had the opportunity to shoot a significant yeah. amount. The thing is, like, w- w- the one thing I would say with that is that when people say "but the pen," like if he doesn't win that pen, we don't win the game. No, no, no. But I'm not. I'm not. Um, that's, that's not me. It's just because I'm asking you. Like these pens that he's winning are the reason yeah. why we're winning games. But I feel like no one. I feel like everyone's just like. Oh, he just won a pen. No, but I'm, my, my, my thing isn't to um, analyze it's not, it's not me. It's not me analyzing or diminishing his contribution to the goal. Yeah. I'm just talking about in terms of um, his his positional kind of sense. So that would that is probably one of the only times I've seen him veer off of that left side. Um, yeah. But like you said, he drops in a lot. Um, but he he's really is more or less stationed in the left left wing slot. The Newcastle goal for Giroud, he's literally running towards the byline from yeah. the. From, from left wing. So for me, people's excuses for him were like, oh, he's not a left winger. He's not a good dribbler. That's that's the issue. Oh, <laughs> oh. <laughs> that's, that's all it is. And, and that's okay. That's okay. And, and I think um, the difference is that he's not receiving the ball out there. He's not stationed out there. It's something somewhere he's he's progressively moving into and then coming back out of. And, and that's the difference. Um, 
and, and, and I think even like Alonso's presence on that side, or sometimes Alonso's presence in the box means that you don't you don't lose as much when, when he is in there. Um, but for me, I don't see a I don't see a dramatic difference. I think even his I think his early weeks for Chelsea were fine. Like I, I, there's no there was nothing in there that suggested to me that he was a he was any worse than he's been now at the time. So for me, I don't, I don't really see a significant difference between. Um, when he first came and now I think the, the significant difference is probably just the upturn in confidence since Lampard has left when he was in that kind mm. of firing spell. It's interesting though. It might be a, a confidence that Tuchel's instilled in him that, listen, you're going to play no matter what. We're going to revive you. Do you know what I'm saying? Like there was a lot of pressure on Lampard and I remember, I can't remember what game it was. I think it was maybe Southampton where Werner scored the two goals and he was mad confident then because he came out after saying the attackers doing their job this is my point so like for me um he had he had shown like what he's capable of at the beginning of the season mm. so my thing wasn't ever that he's i don't think he's as bad as anyone was saying mm. i just knew he was in a bad run of form um so to me it's it's if if we're being kind of if we're able to look at that kind of first part of the season or for, first couple of games or first couple of weeks you see a similar lamp um see a similar Werner then to what you're seeing now as opposed to um, us getting the one that's been playing, you know, in that kind of Lampard bad spell to now. It's not, that's not how he came. He came pretty on fire. He came hungry. Yeah, he, confident. Yeah, won, he won the penalty against Brighton on the first day. Like, he, no one was screwing about that. He, so, won, he won mad penalties. I think like two or three different penalties. Yeah. So, and, yeah, so I was just going to chime in. Um, I, I think that what I'll disagree with though, Pels, is I feel like, um, I do feel like, don't forget he got the assist for Mount as well, Sheffield United. And I feel like he's able to get into that left channel because I don't think it's left wing. I think he, he ran down like he's closer to the box when he's, when he's doing these runs, um, which is why he's able to slide it across. And I feel like when you're playing left wing, you might have to hold the width. And this is what Werner said, he said, like, this is what Werner said himself. So maybe he's making excuses, but he said, I don't like being played as an actual left winger because then I, ha I have to hold width and I like being played in the channel. So I don't know if we want to give credit to that happening. I know that I think Lampard might have tried that towards the end of his time as well. Credit Karma has always been there to help you make better financial decisions. And now they want to help you even more. With the Credit Karma Money Spend account, you can be rewarded for good money habits. Credit Karma Money is a brand new checking account where you can win cash reimbursements for making purchases. Just pay with your debit card, and if you win, you'll be notified on the spot, and your Instant Karma cash will be added back to your spend account. Open your FDIC-insured spend account for free. There's no minimum balance requirements, no overdraft fees, and free withdrawals from a network of over 50,000 ATMs. And when you make a purchase between June 8th and June 30th, you'll automatically be entered to win $1 million. Right now, visit creditkarma.com backslash win money to open your free account and start winning instant karma. Go to creditkarma.com backslash win money to sign up for free and start winning. That's creditkarma.com slash win money. Instant karma is sponsored by Credit Karma. No purchase necessary. Exclusions and terms apply. See rules. Banking services provided by MVB Bank Incorporated. Member FDIC. Maximum balance and transfer limits apply. Yeah, I don't know if you've got anything to say about that, but um, Werner, see, let's watch it. Maybe he's revived. Maybe he's going to get more assists. Maybe he's going to get more goals. But moving on quickly to Ziyech and Pulisic. So where Hudson-Odoi has thrived, 
Um, but under Lampard, he couldn't get a start. It seems like the the nailed on starters in terms of wing positions, uh, in terms of Pulisic and Ziyech, both of them, they're not really getting a start. So Pulisic and Ziyech, like the interesting thing about Pulisic is that Pulisic played under Tuchel at Dortmund. And in the interview that Tuchel gave, I think after the Wolves game, he said, um, I know Pulisic from Dortmund. And he was very great for me there as an impact player because he's got so much speed. So coming off the bench, he was really useful. And so I'm glad to be working with him again. And I thought that that's unfair. When he said that, I was thinking, you can't do that anymore. Like when you was managing, he was like 17, 18. If we're really going to do this clean slate thing, you can't really bring those, you know, 16-year-old, 17-year-old, 18-year-old Pulisic assumptions that, okay, this guy is good as an impact player um, to Chelsea. Now, I don't think he's had a start yet for Chelsea. Not in the Prem. Honestly, same with Rumour. Yeah, so um, he did come on against Wolves and I think he had a good cameo. And then he came on against, was it Burnley? And then got an assist by Alonso. So yeah, in terms of Pulisic and Zic, both of them, and we'll start with you, Anu. Um, are you are you worried? Are you you know what? They don't seem to be first choice anymore. Um, is that worrying? You know what? I'm not worried about it because I I don't think Pulisic was really showing good form at all this season. Um, listen, we know um, Timson is is Pulisic's number one fan. <laughs> um, so I'm sure I don't need to blast him on his performances. Timson has the stats. Go message him about that. But just to summarise, he hasn't been he hasn't been showing the performances he did during the COVID post the COVID COVID break when he was just on fire for for a small section of it. And but what doesn't make sense to me as what I mentioned earlier in the pod is that if he's going on this clean slate for all, why does it not seem to be the same clean slate for Pulisic? Because I don't understand why he hasn't had any Premier League starts. Um, mm-hmm. I'm not sure there's been too much injury-related stuff in that. I think he's been pretty fit, correct me if I'm wrong. So my only assumption is that he's saying he basically knows him and that once he's ready to pick the team, he knows already what Pulisic can bring. They seem like they have a good relationship. We've seen it on the pitch and off the yeah. pitch. Well, they're pretty cool. I don't think Pulisic seems like he's pissed off at him anyway, but it is something to watch because it's either him saying, I already know what he's about or he's out the door. In terms of the Ziyech, um, I don't know, maybe he's been spoken the mushkush because recently, <laughs> um, the guy does look like on that pitch he is high on Kush, bro. It, like he does, he just doesn't, everyone else seems very. Um, energetic with it and he does seem like a player who's um, one of those like um, like the, I think he comes across that, that, that star boy player I don't mm. need to be too much but I think it's very obvious to notice in a team like Chelsea especially the way we're playing now uh, very high tempo quick pace um, pressing high and I think when someone drops off that, any one of the 11 or the 10 outfield drops off that pace, it's quite obvious to see. And I think that's why he's standing out quite a lot as not doing much, because he probably is running the same amount, but I think everyone's running a bit more. I think everyone's up, everyone's up the intensity a bit more and Ziyech isn't really pulling with it. So it might be a case where he might, don't forget, these players are not the ones Tuchel brought in. So <laughs> he didn't bring him in. So he's, he's with these players. So it might be a case where he just doesn't fit into the system but I still think it's early to tell, but it, it hasn't been 
his start, it hasn't been the first five, six games under Tuchel, Ziyech has been non-existent. And it is a bit worrying because I do think he has potential. Um, but again, coming from the, coming from the, the Dutch league, it's just different levels. And I think everyone's saying that and mm-hmm. we'll find out whether he can keep up. I'm not entirely sure he can. It's different levels, but when he's come in under Lampard, he seems to have settled, created an assist. Well, when you say settled, it wasn't it those early games, it was really just whipping it in, just doing that magic wand, was producing unbelievable balls. But mm-hmm. that was what Lampard's game was, was it? It was just, yeah. in Salah, what, what, do you know what I mean? That was what it was then. So it suited that. Yeah, It's not the case for Tuchel. We, okay. ain't, that. we ain't playing that style. So... That's what I'm saying. Is it that he doesn't fit into the system as opposed to ZX not being a good player? Well, so he was linked with moves to, to Italy. Um, uh, Fabrizio Romano, um, he's kind of rubbish that. But uh, Pels, what's your thoughts on what you've seen so far of ZH and Kulisic under Tuchel and also his kind of use of them? I think the um, any notion that, that uh, Pulisic isn't ready... To- it doesn't need to play or doesn't need to start in certain games because he knows them already is like nonsense. And Mm -hmm. uh, for me, one of my biggest things like with Tuchel is that that's probably like an, I genuinely believe that that's maybe what his reasoning is. I just Mm -hmm. think it's poor logic basically. Um, And I'm, and like you said, in terms of the kind of clean slate thing, it's really important that everyone gets a a fair crack. Uh, I think people forget that ZX started the first game. He did. So he started the first game. We were, the ball speed was decent, um, but obviously Wolves came to kind of to, to really sit back and frustrate. And um, there was there was occasionally like them good through balls down the down the the sides of Wolves and um, were through them that yeah. kind of got our wing backs in behind. But th- those were few and far between. And then Mount played the next game and went crazy. So mm. for me, um, that kind of um, him him dropping out of the side was is quite kind of logical to me yeah. um based on based on the fact that you know he played a game didn't play so well somebody else comes in plays really well and now has the shirt that's how i saw it basically yeah. um and then against barnsley he didn't play well so i don't really feel like um zx position within the team is is that confusing i think the only reason why people are maybe confused or or a little bit alarmed by it is because things of that nature didn't happen under Lampard. Mm. He had his, he had the guys that were ready and if they were ready, they were ready and that was it. Yeah. So even if, even if you were coming back from injury, even if you played poorly, you was playing. Um, I think the other real issue is that, and earlier, I don't know if you did it deliberately, but you mentioned Hudson in relation to them and mm. what I'm finding is that Ziyech isn't going to play where Hudson's predominantly playing in terms yeah. of the right wing back team. That's yeah. going to be, I think that's a real toss up between James and Hudson. Mm-hmm. I think the, the two tens or inverted wingers or inside forwards, or however you want to call it. I think that's where Pulisic, Ziyech, Havertz, Mount, Werner, they're all competing for the same slots. Yeah. And um, and I, ironically, um, I think Pulisic initially did start, he did come on again against Wolves as a right wing back at first. Yeah. If I'm not mistaken. Yeah, um, so, yeah, yeah, he was right wing back. Yeah, and, and I, I don't think he did all that well, basically. Um, or, or I don't think he made it look as comfortable as Callum did. Um, so I, I, I feel like having looked at their skill sets, you might have probably said, you know what, I thought you might be able to play there, but you can't. So now you're one of this pack of six, you know, fighting. You lot have 
kind of alluded to um, the fact that Werner seems to be, um, you know, one of the definitive starters. Um, yeah. I personally think it's fluid, but I can understand why that, you know, why that um, thought process is like it's being taken. Um, yeah. So for me, there's only so many slots that you can fit these, you know, these guys in. And, and this is kind of why I remember at the start of the year saying I felt like someone like Havertz is like overkill. Mm. When I look at the number of bodies um, that are occupying the kind of 10 wide sort of positions, you look mm-hmm. at it and you're like, wow, this is a lot of guys. Do you get what I mean? So um, if anything, like in, not, not to be mean, but we're almost a little bit lucky that, you know, some people have been unfit or, or injured because yeah. otherwise you've got more, even more of a selection. Of, like, yeah, you're right. And in terms of, I think it's going to be a bit, I think that could be something to do with it as well that we didn't emphasize enough that there are just too many of these inside inside wing inside winger positions mm. players for the positions available, and I d- there's no way you can keep them all happy. And yeah. not even like these guys are like up and coming. These guys are in the peak of their career, so he's gonna have a problem. Some are gonna have to go, and it's quite clear. I think maybe that's also why these players aren't seeing the pitch as much because there's just too many players for those positions. It's, it's interesting. So correct me if I'm wrong, that uh, Pulumi reference, Pulisic coming on as wing-back in the Wolves game, has he played wing-back since? Or I don't, I, don't, I don't think he has, which is weird because I know you said that you don't think he did well, but I feel like he done well. Um, I know like uh, the, the commentators, at least, they were praising both Pulisic and Mount. Watching the game back, I feel like Pulisic... If out of both of them, I know that Pulisic has more time on, but I feel like Pulisic did more to add kind of like that urgency, that one-on-one ability. Um, so it's interesting. Maybe maybe he, he saw the same thing as used pearls and he didn't feel like he did a good job there. But I think um, if I'm correct as well, Hudson Odoya went over to left wing back. And we've spoken earlier about how Hudson Odoya's right wing back may be a bit, be a bit like one-dimensional because when he cuts in, um, he doesn't tend to shoot as much. So it's interesting for me that, okay, like he hasn't used Pulisic again because like we've all kind of stressed that, that, that those two tens, those, let's call them twin tens behind the strike or whatever. Um, there's a lot of bodies for that position. How with Havertz might have been overkill. Obviously we have to send Ruben out alone, who's that type of player. Barkley on, out alone, who's that type of player. So it does feel like someone will leave come summer but um, yeah, I, I guess with Ziyech as well, one thing I noticed, it's interesting because the Wolves game, I just checked the stats and he created the most chances. I think he created like seven chances. Now, shot, shot creating actions. I didn't see the chances. I did watch the game. I don't think Ziyech played well watching it. Um, but he did seem to create chances. Uh, one thing I've just noticed, and I don't know why I I'm only noticing it now, but it was the Wolves game and it was the, the other game that he started. But he looked very, very flimsy, like, like people are barging him off the ball. People are trying to do one two to him. But people are just barging him. Going yeah, on, wait though. You don't see that photo. I saw. So was that fake news? Someone posted one picture. Bro, he looks. Yo, yeah. So Zuma needs to speak to him because, I, yeah, I saw something and was it not like he had, you haven't seen the best out of me? And hmm. uh, next thing you know, I'm seeing him in the gym, topless. <laughs> oh yeah, I saw it. I saw it. He was looking like he was looking like Tottenham Tobes. It was bad. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I think, but I think that that happens a lot with the players when they come to the Prem. I think they mm. the reality of the league's a lot different, and they need to step it up. 
And I, it, it may be a case where next season you might actually see a new beast of him. Because don't forget, these guys didn't have pre, full pre-seasons. Mm. They had hardly anything and they've come straight into the league. It's, it's one that he clearly knows that he probably needs to step up. He does get pushed off the ball as well. And the fact that he, he hovers a lot on the ball, mm. he likes to give him his time to then deliver the, the cross. I guess I guess maybe the reason why maybe the reason why I'm seeing it more is we from the tactics we're employing under Tuchel, we like to camp in the other team's half. So maybe there's more bodies in that half and ZH has less space because do you know what I'm saying? Like everybody's in one half. Because I'm just seeing it more. I'm seeing him get pushed off the ball more and more. I saw it in the Wolves game. And then in the last game he played as well. He just couldn't... He was giving the ball away. He was getting pushed off the ball. Um, and I, I don't remember seeing that under Lampard. So it's a weird one. But um, quickly, so we've mentioned... Um, we've mentioned the likes of Ziyech and Pulisic. But there's guys like Rudiger. We've mentioned... We touched on Alonso a little bit. Kepa, all of those guys. We mentioned, okay, cool. Under Lampard, Lampard was talking about meritocracy, objectivity. And there's this balance in this whole clean slate, so squad utilisation. So I just kind of want want to know your thoughts on the fact that a lot of these players that seem to be on their way out, like even one foot out of the door, now all of a sudden they've got a second lease of life. So I'm talking about the, the guys that the whole fan base have been unified at that these are bad players. And in individual errors FC, when you think about those, you're thinking about Rudiger, you're thinking about Kepa. Everyone was saying the reasons why we were doing bad last season is because Lampard couldn't do anything because the individuals we had, like Alonso, like Kepa, like Rudiger, like Christensen, how do we win games with them? Yet under Tuchel, and it could be new manager bounce, so you guys told me about it, but under Tuchel, these guys are playing and we're winning. And they might get new contracts. Palumi, talk to me. Yeah, I feel my this is my view, um, and it's always been my view from a coaching perspective, just from a life perspective. Like, if you think about any other job, if you're really like underperforming, you're performing badly. Yeah, mm. it in most in most scenarios they just sack you, so you're out of the door. You're not there. No. In the instance that you're kept around for, you've had a disciplinary or whatever, um, mm. you'll feel like crap if they sideline you, if they give you menial tasks to do, if they don't let you do what you signed up to do, basically. So my biggest, my biggest like um, thing with a lot of these guys is that you have to bring them along the journey, regardless of how crap they are, regardless of what your perception of their talent is, regardless of form, you have to bring them on a journey. So I'll never forget like tweeting on the account at the start of the year about Kepa and asking, Mm -hmm. would it be such a bad idea for lamps to bring Kepa back into the fold yeah just to give him confidence just to build him back up basically um and I think what he did against Newcastle was exactly that basically um you're at home you're probably not going to lose the game everything else is fire and everything else is well give him some confidence tell him how great he is and let him go let him go go out and do something and I think the with that um what it does overall is it just keeps squad harmony everybody feels like they've got a little bit more of a taste a little bit more of a shot um, I think Rudiger playing, I'm conflicted about it in a sense that I don't think he's the best option to play. Um, I don't think he's the best option. However, he started games, he's played well, or he's played well enough, mm-hmm. let's say, by, by everyone's standards or whatever. Then he should he should keep playing. Um, mm-hmm. I think there's something in that, that like, something cynical in there where you can say that, like, you know, the reason why they're playing is because 
you know, it's a new manager and 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 he needs to keep them all happy and he's a she's a short board or whatever that he's gonna keep the squad happy, blah, blah, blah. But ultimately, that is what that's the best scenario for the squad. Give everybody an opportunity um and make of that, make of their performances what you will, and then you and then you start to kind of rebuild from there. Um so for me, I'm 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 happy in part that like people are getting their chance because even the players that I don't rate personally. Um, I think it's important for the squad that, you know, they play. In terms of like a, like you, you mentioned earlier, in terms of talent ID and, yeah, and who yeah. I think the actual best players are and who I, who I would prefer to play, yeah. a lot of them aren't in that. And I'm so, hoping, um, I'm hoping that come the end of the season, there are there isn't like, I'm worried that like, you might form such a strong bond with some of the players that they end up sticking around longer than I feel right. like they should. Um, yeah. But in terms of what he's done, I think it's the right approach to take for a coach. Okay, cool. So just um, kind of staying on that, who are the players that you feel like, from your perspective, your talent ID um, should be playing over the players that he's picked? And yeah, so let's start with that and then I'll get deeper. Um, I think Zuma's just better better all round, but the only thing that I'd say that Rudiger has over him is maybe like his agility. Mm. Uh, and, and obviously it's a little bit more awkward playing on the left in that channel. So I can I can understand a little bit maybe if, if I was trying to like, Pluck is like trying to guess. Um, yeah, I'd, I'd definitely be starting Kante, but obviously the injury and him coming back a little bit later is, is something um, a little bit different in there. Um, Kante over? Over Jorginho. Okay. Um, everything else in there, I think is fine. Um, I understand why Asby's playing. I understand why Hudson's been used in the way that he is. Um, and equally, I think some, I think someone like James has, has like, has played. Like mm-hmm. I would say, he's played. I don't think he's he's someone that's been shunned. Yeah. Um, so yeah, just probably just Rudiger, Jorginho. I like. I'm absolutely fine with Alonso playing. I think the. I think I like. I don't rate him at all, but I can understand why his characteristics are useful for the way that the manager's trying to play, and I respect that he's he's given him the the way back in. Um, do I think he's like? gonna probably let us down at some point do I not rate how how poor his crossing is absolutely like, I've got all of those same gripes as everyone else but at the same time I think you have to bring people on the journey you have to keep um everyone feeling as though they're part of it they, they can yeah basically that they can play not so much that yeah. they're gonna play every game but yeah. if they do the right things it's possible that they will get a chance basically and I think what closing the door shunning players does before you like if you can't if you try to sell somebody and you can't get them out you got to bring him back. Like, that's what we actually... It's funny, because that's what we praised Lamps for last yeah. season. But there was aspects of, like, you know, someone like Giroud not getting minutes first half of the season. Yeah. We all called him a model pro. Everyone praised him, called him a model pro. Everyone was happy that Lampard reintegrated him, whether it was, you know, um, by force or not. But mm. that, there's there's something... There's a lesson to be to be um, taken from that. You, you don't get... You're not used, um, but you feel as though you can contribute. You're then given the opportunity to contribute. You do well. Our season is better for it, basically. The moment you shut people out, you close the door on people completely, you can't go back from that. You can't walk it's back a, from that. It's a bad element in the dressing room too. It, when it, a group it, of... Bro, it must be so weird. It must be so weird for the players in that predicament. It's no surprise to me that stuff come out about players bickering or players not liking each other or bullying or all that rubbish. Because ultimately, you feel like these men are, are favoured over you. Yeah. That's a reason. Un- unfortunately, it's not. It's not right, but that's a reason to build resentment. Yeah, you know what I mean. Um, so I'm happy that like that 
that's all been taken away. And if there's any, if there's any elements of that that return, I'm gonna call it out. So that, that's why I'm saying like even for Pulisic, I think it's important that Pulisic does get a run or does get a game to start. Or, um, and I'm hoping that maybe this week, um, because of the Champions League, there might be elements of that. Yeah. But more more so than before, I definitely well more so than Lampard, I trust Tuchel to kind of rotate his team or pick his team depending on some of them scenarios. Okay, so before I move on to Anu, you mentioned characteristics of why you think that Alonso is playing. Um, can you give us more on that? Um, I think the 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 box presence, so the fact that he's actually got an eye for goal, um, in that kind of wing back role, the he's he's a lot more comfortable being out wide on his own, which sounds weird because he can't really dribble one v one, but um. He just seems more natural in that in that role. So when you see kind of Chilwell, I think if when the ball gets switched out to Chilwell and stuff, um, he just looks a lot more um, awkward. He doesn't mm. have the and and what's weird is that obviously Chilwell was getting in at the back post at the start of the season and scoring some goals. Yeah. Um, but if you ask me who I think is better at that, I would say Alonso naturally. Um, mm. So there's that aspect of it. Uh, I don't think Chilwell suits kind of being. If the ball switched out to him on a flank, I don't expect him to kind of beat his man or to to, to con- conjure something up. Basically, um, the dovetailing with with Werner in terms of when he ends up in the box, Alonso, that's yeah. that is an asset in itself because if when a chance falls to him, he's capable of of doing something crazy, doing like a good finish. Um, so so for me, it makes sense. Uh, I I won't I don't doubt his abilities, or I do, but I don't doubt <laughs> that he can make an impact. Sorry as a wing-back in, in some way, shape or form, whether or not there's inconsistency in his crossing, he's he's a liability in other aspects. Ultimately, when that ball kind of gets switched out to his wing or gets switched out to the other flank, you can expect um, or hope for him to kind of have some sort of impact on the, on the final third. And, I, and I, so for me, especially with a team that's shy of goals, I can get why someone like Alonso would be starting. And you mentioned height as well. You mentioned yeah. that Tuchel kind of pointed out as, out as well. And you was going to jump in and say something. Yeah, I was just going to say, I, um, don't get, I feel like Pell's a bit emotional. A bit, like, <laughs> How? The opposite. The opposite. The reason I say by this, the reason I say this is because in terms of your mentioning the Kappa thing and um, players, you want to make them all happy, give them all clean slate. Bro, this is a business, brother. Like <laughs> we need, like, if someone's not playing well, but they've got to go, it's there's no time to be, there's no time in this league, there's no time in this industry to be making everyone feel happy. I understand he's doing it now because he's coming in and he wants to know everyone. But as mm. soon as we hear these guys are not performing, bro, they have to go. So Kepa one, I'm not, I don't agree with too much because it's like, bro, keeper don't need to rest. They, they don't do much. They just pick up their water bottles and make a save every second, every, sorry, every 10 minutes. They don't need to rest. So mm. you don't need to keep Kepa happy. Only if you want to increase his stocks to sell him on. But in my opinion, it's just like, don't get too attached to all these players because there's no way you're going to make everyone happy. Only 11 can play. Yeah, so you're going to be disappointed no matter what. Pulumi, before you come in, Pulumi, before you come in, I don't think you've ever been, have you ever been called emotional before? Yeah, no, it's, it's crazy. It's like, but <laughs> not, but it's, you know, it is, it's funny that that's the, it's, it's funny that people think someone would assume that that's, that's out of sentiment. To me, that's out of logic. Yeah. So for me, I, I, I do understand what you're saying in terms of the inner kind of heated season, competitive environment. You don't have time for mistakes. You don't have time for crap. Trust me, I have the lowest tolerance for a lot of these men. But um, at the same time, 
I'm thinking about it from a, from a, and when I'm talking about squad harmony, I'm not talking about it like kumbaya. I don't care about that. My thing is, as if you, if you're setting up an environment or a culture, you're trying to change the culture of a place, um, you need everybody to buy into it, essentially. The moment you don't have people buy into it, you get them out. If you can't get them out, which is literally what happened this year because of the pandemic, you couldn't sell Jorginho, sorry, you got sacked. Rudiger couldn't get sold. Kepa could, nobody wanted Kepa. Um, the reality of the situation is they have to come back. Unless you're going to do the go and train with the 23s thing. Yeah, but to how long though? How- no, no, so, but, so, my, so my point is, I'm not saying, I'm not saying Kepa should, Kepa should start. Edu Mendy is our, is our number one keeper. I'm happy with that. That's not the point. I'm just saying he should feel that there is an opportunity at some point you know, if Mendy drops form, that he can come back. Basically, let me come in quickly. Let me come in quickly. Let me, let, me, let me come in quickly because we just talked about Ziyech and we uh, and Palumi's kind of reading of it was that Ziyech was given the opportunity, but Mount did better with it, and therefore Mount's playing. So I feel like what um, Pels is saying is that it's one of two ways. If you're creating that environment where people feel like it's fair, and that if they if Ziyech comes back and he does better than Mount, then he can win his spot back. Or yeah, if you're yeah. going to sideline them, properly sideline them and send them to the under 23 or something like that. And I totally hear that point, but the, 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 you, that you forget, because it's going well, it's mm-hmm. easy to justify that. But to say, if we lost against Newcastle because of a Kevin mistake, then what, what are we saying? Oh, for squad harmony, we did it. Fanta, like, I don't understand. Do you know what I mean? What are we? What are you saying then? If we lost, but even, so even, even then, personally, for me, um, I'm not necessarily. I'm not even necessarily saying do that in the in the Newcastle game. So I like for me, I wouldn't have even um, expected Mendy to not start that game. My I, thing would be no. in this in this context. Um, Mendy plays against Newcastle as a howler. You you maybe you give him a, a, a game of grace. Mm-hmm. The next game we play Southampton, he has a howler. I'm Kepa now. I'm thinking, listen, if this was me, I'm not playing or I'm getting dropped. So I'd expect the same treatment potentially of um, of a, a rival in my spot. That is all. So for me, players just need to feel like they can start. I'm not saying start everybody. I'm not saying share the minutes. It's not communism. I don't care about that stuff. <laughs> all I'm saying is that you have to feel as though you can make a difference within the squad that you're part of. And if you're, if you're stripped of that feeling you're ultimately just going to end up sulking or, in some people's case, being a bad egg, basically. And I so, think that that is that is a... Um, that's a, essentially the reason the guy got sacked. Mm, you know what I mean? It's more than, more than anything. Like he got... He would have... Like, the, the football was bad, but the the state of the squad is essentially what lost him his job. Yeah. And and if, if we pretend that that's not important... Look up, bro, Man United, they play crap frequently throughout the year but the manager doesn't hang his players out to dry they yeah. don't turn on the manager and as a result they're allowed to come back out of that poor cycle to, to then thrive later or then to, to, to pick up some wins later if you if you don't allow your squad to feel as so for instance using De Gea as an example if Dean Henderson at some point doesn't feel like he can come in um doesn't feel like he can stake a claim he's going to get frustrated he's going to either want to leave or he's just going to get that pissed off sitting on the bench that's the truth yeah. And if there's if it's just one player, that's one thing. But if it's a group of players again, that's, that's exactly that's an issue with your with the way yeah. you select your squad. And and the funniest thing is today is that they asked or the other day before the Newcastle game, they asked Tuchel about um, you know how does he keep three players for two spots happy mm. in 
in the two midfield in the midfielders. Um, and then he says he mentions the three um, and says that listen, it's a good problem to have. Um, they're all good players, and he says also like having a player like Billy. So I've got four players for two positions. Um, so they're not that far off, but you know we he says we need that. Mm. There's and and he says he says it's my job to to um, ensure that those that don't play are ready for the bench, but also. You know, I talked to them. I think he just alluded to the fact that he just needs to keep them, you know, motivated and ready to contribute, basically. Yeah. That's yeah. all I'm saying. Keep yeah. those people that aren't in your immediate thoughts or aren't in the starting 11 every week or whatever. Keep them in the fold. Keep them motivated. Keep them inspired. Yeah. When when, it was, when Lampard was talking about the centre-halves, he was saying, oh, it's, it's difficult to have five centre-halves. It's like he's conceded the challenge. Like, he's, yeah. it's like, there's nothing I can do about it. There is something you can do about it. And yeah. ultimately, what happens in that scenario is now, tomorrow he's wearing a turtleneck acting like you don't want to come back. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. But it's because you've, you've been made to feel as, as though you're not part. And when you do that, um, you get players that become almost disillusioned with the environment. That's that's what's going to happen. They're going to either one are going to leave. And if they can't leave, they're going to kick up a fuss. They're going to cause a ruckus. The only thing is, you, so earlier you mentioned Rudiger. You don't feel like he's done anything wrong. He did score on goal. And one yeah, thing outside I've, of that. Yeah. I, I think on goal, uh, genuinely, unless they're like crazy, I think mm. on goal is a little bit unfortunate. I they think, can't... I played centre back. I've scored many at on goal. Yeah, so I, I do. Don't get twisted. Yeah, that was crazy. Yeah, no. So the, so the, the on goal was like that was like an Edu. I think it was the two of them are a bit mad. Mm. But um, don't get twisted. If someone said to me you got dropped because of on goal, I clap. I'd be happy. I don't care. Like it's not. But I, at the same time, um, generally speaking, if I'm being objective, has he been bad over the, the couple of games? No, he hasn't. Um, he hasn't. He hasn't. And I think he's shown good recovery pace and, and good kind of pace to kind of close down, especially because we're playing in the opposition's half. So obviously we can have to swamp this, um, swamp them when they do have transitions. I think he's been good at that. The only issue that I've noticed with Rudiger is that sometimes when we're playing out, rather than passing the ball out to the, the wing back early, he'll take his time and it, it, it gets to that point. Do you know, like when the ball comes to a wing back, like Reese James, Reese James just does it naturally and he just passes it back. But I feel like sometimes he doesn't, he kind of cuts off all the options because he passes it too slow. And I hate it because it's like, okay, the ball's just going to come back because you're taking too slow. Um, but quickly on to, so just kind of wrapping up this kind of whole talent ID section, it seems like apart from Hudson-Odoi, as Andrew mentioned earlier, he's really taken to Kovacic specifically. There were quotes of him saying that um, he could wake Kovacic up at 3 a.m. Champion for him, whatever. He, he seems to really like Kovacic. Kovacic, I think this is the first time I, I heard the commentator said this is the first time at Chelsea he started eight games in a row. Um, so under Sari, don't forget he shared a position with Barkley. One minute it was Barkley starting, then it was Kovacic starting, and even when he'd start, he'd come off at about sixty minutes. So he hasn't. He's not someone to get really consistent minutes, and he got Player of the Season, you know, last season, but at the same time. Again, he was still kind of rotated. So he seems to be a mainstay for um, Tuchel. We, we talked about um, how Kante... I like the fact that he said, OK, there's four people for that position. I think that's a good number, especially when one, one is a really extremely young player. And I feel like he's also kind of created that separation. Like, actually, the main three for those two positions are Kante, Kovacic and Jorginho. And then Gilmore's the young player. But also Kante's been coming on as well. So even though Kante hasn't started, it feels like all three players are being used. But Kovacic and Jorginho are being, you know, they're, they're the starters. Now, Palumi, you've already kind of said that you're not really happy with Jorginho, so I'm going to go to you first. 
or you'd play, not that you're not happy with Jorginho, but you'd play Kante over Jorginho. But my question to you is, a lot of people like Jermaine at Chelsea Hour, he said that under Tuchel, what he's seen of Jorginho and Kovacic has made him change his mind. He wanted Jorginho out quicker than anybody, like most people. But from what he's seen on Tuchel, he's changed his mind. So you see, still kind of want Jorginho to kind of lose his place to Kante. So I kind of wanted to get um, some of your thoughts on Jorginho and Kovacic under Tuchel. No, I think they've been pretty good, to be honest. Um, like, I don't, I don't have any real qualms. Um, I think that my... I don't know, my, just my, it's not even a perception of them two as a pairing. I, I, don't, I don't think I've got the same like, gripes as everybody else in that, the, let's say, the transition stuff. I think that's been cut out by the structure that he's kind of implemented. Mm-hmm. Um, I just think Kante's overall a better player. I think the characteristics he'd give are slightly different. Um, but I, don't, I, I just think there's aspects of what you do when you, when you build with three players at the back um, that you don't necessarily need both Kova and and Jorginho together. Um I think they're quite similar. I think they dovetail to each other like off they dovetail off of each other quite nicely and 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 that aesthetic maybe people just enjoy. Um but I think outside of in terms of breaking up play I'd, I'd say Kante's better at that. Starting attacks um I'd say Jorginho is better at but I'd, at the same time I think it's something that with the center backs we have and then with Kovacic next to him, you know, we can we can kind of get around. So it's, it's more just kind of having that player that can really break up the play um, to a really high level um, and just almost playing the similar role that he played under um, Conte in, basically. So for me, it's, it's just a reality of, it's, it's just the reality of that in terms of my, my view of, 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 of Conte as this top, top class player and mm-hmm. Jorginho as, as what I see as a decent player playing really well at the moment, basically. Okay. But I'm, I'm not necessarily, I'm not necessarily clamoring or calling for it to be end to end right now I don't really care like I, I don't have genuinely like as long as I'm not even been that impressed with us on the ball so my thing is kind of like the team is playing relatively well I'm okay with it they're picking up three points whoever starts starts until it st- until things start to become like a a clear problem so for me like the split striker thing that's a clear problem don't bring that back I don't want to see that like but there's in terms of everything else or, or a lot of the other things that we've seen it's been okay, so I'm, I'm all right. Well, quickly on the split striker thing before I come to Anu on um, the, the pivot. The split striker thing, what are you talking about? Are you talking about when Mount plays behind like Giroud and Werner or whatever? No, so when we did, when when we played um, Callum and Werner, yeah, yeah kind of left right and Mount, yeah, yeah, yeah. So that thing, I don't know what was in the, and even I think it was against Sheffield. Yeah, we did it there again. Was, there was a, yeah, there was a sub to be made and Callum came on to do it. And yeah. to me, and there's probably reasoning behind it. I just think it looks awkward. I just don't think he looks mm-hmm. that cool. I think the other part of it that's hard as well, like I imagine that running in behind with the velocity and intensity that he does, um, Callum, by the time he gets on the end of whatever the through ball is, after making so many runs, he's a little bit tired. So he can't dribble as like relentlessly as he would. Whereas yeah. when he was playing wing back, it was like he's almost waiting for the ball, waiting, and then he can just inject or have insert yeah. that kind of intensity yeah. later. Um, so yeah, for me, if he's going to play so, so is it just Hudson Odoi? So, like, you wouldn't mind the split striker thing if it was Giroud and. Yes, yeah, so if, if it was, if it all, I don't know. I think Giroud's a bit immobile. But if it was, um, if it was maybe like a Tammy and Werner, I could, I could. Uh, yeah, Tammy and Werner, maybe a little bit more willing to see. But yeah, just I just didn't like um, Hudson. Okay. 
Okay, cool. Anu, on the pivot, um, what are you saying under that this pivot under Tuchel? Are you are you are you in? Are you bought in for, to that? Listen, there's for what we're seeing. There's no way. I, I I'm surprised anyone can um, fault it. Um, they, I think those two, have, uh, they've just been resurrected. Um, they've shown a. They've been great. Kova has been a new man, possessed. The way, mm. he's, the way he's carrying that ball, he's brushing short, he's brushing players off. Mm. Get off me. He needs to he needs to take um ZX to his gym. <laughs> That's where ZX needs to be going. But I don't think, and the problem is, I think for Kante, I think the problem is fine because I'm a huge Kante fan, is that mm. he has not had his best of seasons. For whatever reason, I'm not entirely sure, sadly. Um, and his best is still some players is best. So it doesn't really yeah. matter. But I don't think I can see him justifying um, any of those two players being dropped. And if someone's got to be dropped, it has to be George, because I don't think George and Kante can play together. I think it, I think it contradicts. I'm not, I'm not in favour of it, because I think it's like two sixes, contradicts himself. I know Kante can bring the ball up. He is very technically good at that. But I think we prefer to see Kante just in front of the back four, especially when like a big team will come into play because we know he's a lot more mobile, not more flexible. So I think if we were to see Kante come in, it would be for George. Um, and I would say possibly in the bigger games when we know we're going to have a lot more pressure. We've we played a lot of smaller teams right now without with, mm. with the rules that we have. Um, so the challenges hasn't been too much on us defensively. And I think that is also a reason why Cover and George have shone so much. But put us against a big team, it could be a different story. So I'm interested to see how that test works. Um, but for now, I don't think we can fault why they're starting every game. Yeah. The only thing I'll add is I think a lot of people are saying Kovic is a new man. He's doing these passes. He was, he was doing it before, I think. But he was. But what I, what I think is we're playing a lot higher up. So whereas Kovacic would start his dribbles on the edge of our box and then they'd kind of end in midfield and he'd pass it to someone, I think now because we're playing higher up, he can have more yeah. impact on attack. Um, the only thing yes. is he's getting on the edge of the box and, and, and you know, Hudson, oh. yeah, he likes those passes in. Yeah, so he's... His shooting needs his shooting needs to improve, but um, yeah, oh, let's yeah. let's quickly talk about one of the worries when Tuchel came in was okay, cool. Lampard was giving youngsters a chance. I think we mentioned the double pivot. We mentioned Billy Gilmore. Um, a lot of people worried, not necessarily about the academy players like Hudson, Mount, etc., but the next batch. A lot of people were saying it's not the ones that Lampard have already integrated. We should really worry about the ones like Henry Lawrence, like Andrew, you know, like Sunsuk Bell. So. What are your thoughts on Tuchel so far? Because obviously we had the was it the FA Cup game and Andrew got kind of you know a lot of minutes, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. So yeah, what are your thoughts on that whole situation with are you kind of at this point, are you comfortable that he will use youngsters? Because a lot of people thought I'm more oh. comfortable than Lampard was. I thought because we were all under the assumption that Lampard was this youth manager. Mm. That's what we're all bought, bought up on. Do you know what I mean? Not knowing that it was just because there was a transfer ban. And as soon as that was out of the equation, <laughs> we were going to forget about that. Because there were multiple times this season where we were playing smaller teams in the league and FA Cup that mm. we brought these players to the training. And when you bring these players, what you, people need to factor in, when you bring these, these younger players into the first team, you're actually breaking a bubble. It's a bit bigger than just mm. bringing them in. So you bring them in and you're not even giving them minutes. So I think Lampard really um, 
showed a different side of him to these to what we maybe were brought up on Lampard being. So mm. I think Tuchel can only be better than that. And he's already shown he's better than that because at Barnsley game, Andrew got at least 20, 30 minutes, a solid amount of time. Yeah. Um, and look, and I would actually factor Tomori in that. In, I think he, you could classify him still as a young player. Yeah. That, that was terrible. And I don't think that would have happened under Tuchel. So I'm more optimistic, let's put it this way. Um, and also we know Tuchel's history in terms of how he started in his managerial career in the academy. So automatically he's going to have a heart towards those players. And yeah. he said in an interview or whatever that he's even has a balcony. I think he's staying in Cobham. I yeah. think um, living there and his balcony um, overshadows the the under 20, the, the youth pitches, and he watches them from there. So he's already has an interest. He's already expressed his interest. So I think we're going to see a lot of promising things from him with that. What, what's interesting is Lampard said, coming to the season, we're not a development squad. I didn't come here to say I gave a few debuts. So what you kind of mentioned in terms of that whole, actually, this is the real Lampard's, you know what I'm saying? I feel like that's, got, that's a good point. And I do, I, did, I never bought into the idea that Lampard cared about youth. I feel like Lampard, he kind of surrounded himself with the Jody Morrises, you know, the Joe Edwards who do care about youth. I feel like if he really did, we'd probably see a Tarek Lamptey maybe get more games. Don't forget, Tarek Lamptey wasn't even integrated in preseason, like you said, Tomori as well, but kind of focused on Tuchel. Again, yeah, it was weird because when he came in, a lot of people were saying with Gilmore, oh, we're worried about Gilmore now. Gilmore hasn't started a Premier League game under Lampard. Gilmore was going to Lampard to say, I want a loan because obviously for the Euros, I want to be playing more football. So even under Lampard, Gilmore wasn't kind of getting football. But Pels, what's your thoughts on Tuchel and his youth and like his use, his use of the youth so far and kind of projecting into the future? I think the thing that I disagree with, with what Annie said is just that for me, um, it's difficult in base with the squad that had been assembled, mm. the, the places for a lot of the kind of youngsters, in my opinion, just kind of decreased in, in terms of you, you go from having space to make debuts to giving fringe players minutes because of the size of the squad. Um, you could argue that that's something that kind of Lampard built. Um, but for me, when I, when I look at it, I don't necessarily question his willingness to give youngsters debuts overall um albeit okay there was there was like a what an epic one fa cup game we was out of the efl cup quite early um so I've, i think that's harsh um the the thing i will say is that just with with any kind of cycle new cycle of, of youngsters especially after you've just kind of integrated a crop it's a lot harder because now there's like people even though it shouldn't look like this people view um there's the squad for youngsters to have been taken up. So once you've promoted a mount, or even even if you look positionally, once you've promoted a mount, it's very difficult then to promote a Gallagher. Mm. Someone that's going to arguably play in central midfield as well. Um, so I think that's kind of what what I I was never really concerned about Lampard or Tuchel in that in that instance. I didn't really know a lot about what Tuchel had done with youngsters previously, um, but I've, you know I've since seen you know st stuff like Julian Weigl. Um, Dembele, there's like youngsters in, in, in that sense yeah. that have played. People like Kimpembe have developed under him. Um, so there's so I'm not really fearful. Um, I think it's just his desire. Like when whenever he whenever people ask 
about it. He just challenges and always mentions his previous clubs and says, you know, he's come from, he's come as an academy kind of coach. So um, I'm not fearful of it. I think the Gilmore thing in particular is like, again, is nonsense. I think that, I think he, he mentioned playing experienced players, but to be honest, in that game, um, the Wolves game, Mm. outside of be it like dropping Mount, Mount Tammy and, Mount Tammy and James are like the only like, regular players under 23 um, that Lampard was playing. So yeah. for me, I, I think it was more significant because they were like making their debuts in that year. But when you look at like actual age, they're not that young. Yeah. So outside of, and, and then what typically would happen is that James might come out and as he's playing, um, Tammy might get rested. I don't know for Giroud, but then Callum's in or, or Pulisic is in. Um, so then, so there's maybe max three, four players, and then we might end a game when subs have come on with four or five, um, and then people include Christensen in that. So really, I don't. When when Lampard was saying we've got a young squad, we was playing Kovacic, Jorginho, Kante, <laughs> weird stuff like that. Like, so yeah. I think it was just the perception of the integ- I think the integration in itself, in terms of players coming back from loan, is what um, made the narrative. But when when we talk about us having a young squad. It was a. I felt like that was. I always just felt like it was a bit dramatic. It was a bit of a stretch. Yeah, it was. I, I don't think it was just. I think Lampard played into it as well. I feel like there was a. There was a video of Mourinho after the four 0 loss, talking about the fact that uh, Lampard chose to play Tammy ahead of Giroud, and he said this is just one game, so he didn't want to make a judgment out of point. But he said it's going to be interesting because as a manager, out of a top club, there's immense pressure, and he goes, "Me, I love pressure." You know, I'm always going to work on the pressure. That's I can only work with pressure. But he said that you can go another way and be bringing. Oh, Lampard definitely played into that. Oh, you know, we're playing all these youngsters. Like Gloomy said, actually, sometimes it will just. Sometimes United. I think that game actually United might have had a younger squad or a younger eleven than Chelsea. But Lampard kind of played into it. But moving yeah, on into quick. Say again. So I was just saying the four 0 that we lost at the start of the season. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm I'm pretty sure that's true. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so just moving on onto the entertainment factor now for Chelsea Hour because I want to give you guys good content. I actually kind of spend time watching back matches so that I'm not just going off. You know what I'm saying? I'm 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 actually no. I'm talking about I've got an analytical point of view, and I found it particularly difficult to watch back the matches under Tuchel. Because every single time I try to watch it, I'm not lying, I fall asleep. Now, I'm here for Tuchel. Obviously, we've won um, most games. Obviously, we picked up a draw. Um, I feel like his philosophy and the way his way of looking at football is similar to mine. Um, but we'll talk about tactics and entertainment, entertainment factor in this. But I'm just finding it so unimpressive. Now, I know, Palumi, you kind of talked about it earlier in the, in the squad. I mean, in the pod. Uh, what do you think about the entertainment factor under Tuchel? And obviously, it can just be, you know, he's just coming. He just needs to get results. But what do you feel about the football so far? Yeah, I just think it's like, this is nothing special. Like, that's it. Like, I've, it's so funny because I knew that when I looked at the team, um, it looked more organised. Mm. It did look, immediately it looked more organised. Yeah. Um, or like within the second game, you could see that like what we were trying to do. The back five was well drilled. We won like we nullified Wolves or I don't know Wolves played into our hands or whatever. But overall, we look more organised. But the like yeah, the, the excitement or the fluidity and that sort of stuff is not there. Um, am I upset at that? 
not entirely when I when I like when you really think about preseason, preseason's the initial like kind of four or five weeks, let's say the same period he's been here, mm. would literally be um kind of fitness and tactical work. Yeah. And then you sprinkle the odd game in between that and you just work and work and work. And within two months, you've worked, you've been able to um instill messages, instructions, um design and work on patterns and all these sorts of things that you just get the whole days to do. Whereas now, um, and that's that's irrespective of the opponent, irrespective of the opponent. At the moment, you're having, trying to instill messages. You're trying to organize the team. You're trying to get to know people. Um, but then you're also trying to cater for the fact that you're playing against a different type of opposition and, and that might require a different set of characteristics. Um, so ultimately what I think he's doing is, is, is setting up the team in a way that he feels like we we gain some advantages mm. since I think is out wide and, and just by having camping in opposition's heart. Um, yeah. But, but I don't know if he's had the time um, to really, you know, to really focus on maybe what he wants to focus on overall. So I think there's little bits um, and, and I pick up on it by, based on what he says. I imagine that at the start of a game or at the end of a game, um, at the end of a game, he'll see something and by the start of the next game, it's something he wants to improve. So he's just picking up, okay, we against Barnsley, we didn't beat their press well and we had limited touches in, in the opposition box. That's something that maybe then I, I imagine he goes and speaks about at training and they go and focus on that in the next for the next game. Mm. Do I feel like um, he gets, he's had the time to work on like some of the things that, you know, I was watching City the other day, like mind, mind blown, Cancelo's like out here doing yeah. whatever he likes, basically. Does he have the capacity to, or the time to do that with the current, with the current team based on where they are? I don't think so. So I'm not, as much as I'm unimpressed, I'm not unhappy that I'm unimpressed. Um, so yeah, but is, is it boring? Absolutely, it's not, it's not great, man. Anu, Anu, what do you think? I don't want to project onto you. So obviously, Carl's has kind of said his part. I've kind of, you know, echoed it. I'm not with you, man. I'm not with you. Man. You're not with us. <laughs> no, 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 no. I don't want to say. What I'm going to say is that two things here. I think the reason, firstly, the reason why you weren't falling asleep. The reason why you were falling asleep and you weren't falling asleep in the Lampard games is because we were nearly losing every time. You're fucking maybe, maybe you're pulling the one hair out. You're like, bro, you can't sleep in those games. One hair. <laughs> you can't, you can't sleep in those games and you're fuming, bro. You can't sleep. You're sleeping because you're comfortable. That's like, not true because I know the result. I know the result, so I'm already comfortable. Now, number two, I just think we need to be careful what we're asking for. Do you know what I mean? I think. It, I think. I think it's. It, I think on the, on the real, it's it's a transition. Mm-hmm. We've gone from he's done the first. Do you know what I mean? Like when there's a leak or something, he's done the first bit. He's patched it up. Do you know what I mean? He's patched up the the losing streak that we were on or the losing spell we we're on. Mm-hmm. And I think we've got to give him time to enforce the philosophy. We cannot say that his philosophy is now because I even think it's as deep as saying he doesn't even want to play this formation from what I've heard and what I've read. So he's only doing it because he thinks this is the quick fix. Yeah. So I think it's hard to judge him on this this as soon as in now um, mm-hmm. after these games. I, I agree it hasn't been special. It's no, it's not like, look, it's not like when you were watching that PSG game against Barca midweek and yeah. it was just mad. Like that's, that's what you would love it to be, but it, it's not like that yet. And I think we just need to give him respect and give him a transfer period and a preseason. But I would agree with you, it's not the most exhilarating football, but I'm also very old fashioned in the sense that you give me a W. I'll you give me a dub. That's what that's, that's why I'm still smiling. I'm smiling like Kante. Here's the thing. 
it feels like a war of attrition. We all know we're camping in the other team's half. Do you remember the games when we played Barcelona and we set up as the low block team and Barcelona just literally camp us in their half? We yeah. talked about how he might be a fan of Pep and obviously he may have taken that from Pep, but it just feels like a war of attrition. I feel like he does like possession. He does like to camp in the other team half. When you do that, there's not much space. And Christensen, um, they asked him earlier, to, um, was it, oh, I read it today, and he said, um, Tuchel just told him, you know, don't force passes, be patient. You know what I'm saying? If, if it's a risky pass, you, you, don't, you don't have to take it, pass it to the next man. So when all of a sudden, when we play Wolves and we're beating records for, you know, the most passes ever in the half in the Premier League, et cetera, et cetera, I feel like it's when you, when you tell players, don't take that many risks, you know what I'm saying? You might get that. Now, um, Tuchel, after that half, he said, um, in the final third, we need to take more risks. So maybe, again, that was just like lost in translation. Yeah, don't take more risks. Maybe if you're Kovacic, Chris Jensen, maybe at the back, but maybe at the front, you should take risks. But I do feel like um, it's going to be difficult. If we want to camp into the other team's half, it's going to be difficult to get that exciting football because usually people like the Premier League because it's so fast. It's from one end to the other. When you're controlling the game and you're camped in the other team half, unless you've got super amazing players, I feel like it's difficult. So I'm not like like you guys. I'm not going to judge it. It's, it's way too early. He's still just trying to get that W. And that W is keeping me happy. But the question is, if we stop, like, was it was it Sheffield United where they got a penalty? Because um, Chilwell conceded a penalty, but then VAR took it away or whatever. When, when we're winning and, and the football's not that good, it's cool. It's cool. But what I'm saying is if results turn, then that might be something to watch. That's all I'll say on that. Um, yeah, if, if no one's got anything to add, we'll end on just like the tactics of it. So I'm just going to read off some things that we've seen. So a lot of people talk about this kind of five defenders, five attackers thing. Um, Tuchel mentioned one of the reasons why he started Hudson-Odoi at wing-back is he wanted like an extra attacker to overload. Um, yeah, what's your thoughts on that? So like, even though for me, the football hasn't been great, I've seen some kind of innovation that I don't really see in Premier League football that I've liked. So kind of what's your thoughts on that? that uh, um, yeah, I think the... Are you asking me specifically about the kind no, of... No, you, you can talk about tactics. You can okay, talk about tactics in general, yeah. Yeah, so like, I've, I've mentioned the split striker thing. I don't really like it. Um, Am I open to seeing it with like some like more a more mobile forward in Tammy or more natural forward in Tammy? Then yeah, but even then, not too keen. Um, I love, I just love. I think we snuff out attacks well, but the issue, the biggest issue I have with even um, making some of these claims is that we've played against some absolutely like mm. crap teams um, or teams that have like so in Wolves, Wolves and Spurs, not really not gone at us. Um, mm. And then you're like the likes of Burnley, Sheffield, Newcastle, not really good enough. So I'd expect to have to, to have won, but the we had, we like not conceded a lot of shots in those games. Um, Barnsley was a weird one because it was like they actually did a, put us under pressure and they did kind of like have a real go. Um, so if, if that's anything to go by, then maybe the tactics of snuffing people out doesn't work that well. Um, mm-hmm. But overall, I've been impressed with with what we look like out of possession. And and just kind of what we look like once we've lost the ball. So I don't really feel that that um, sensation that we're going to get sucker punched when we are camped in in the opposition's half. 
which is kind of what happened a lot when we played, um, which is kind of what happened a lot when we played the likes of like West Ham last season. You know, we'll be camped in the opposition teams, opposition teams half, Southampton, and then they'll counter and then they'll score. Whereas yeah. now, I don't feel that same sort of fear of the counter, which I think is, which is literally just down to how well organised and structured we are. Yeah, um, yeah in, in possession, it's not pretty. Um, I, that's And that's kind of, it's, it's part of it is down to the personnel in terms of when you look at Werner, there's, a, there's an element of him that's not like that exciting. It's, it's quick, but it's not um, intricate. It's not um, fluid. It's not, um, there's no X factor. There's no individualism in, in what he's doing. I think mm. you get, again, you look at Alonso on that side, it's stiff. It's, it's a little bit like sluggish. Mm. Um, so outside of what we get from the right side in terms of Callum, Mount when he's playing, you're on, the, 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 the kind of flair players or players you're excited to watch are players that aren't playing. Mm. Um, Ulisic, Ziyech, Havertz was obviously out. So it's, it's it's interesting that we look how we do. I, I think the control is impressive. Personally, I'm, I'm somebody that like, I'm a fan of like controlled possession football. Yeah. So even when you mentioned about kind of things, probably not going to ever, things not maybe looking that exhilarating because of the fact that we'd be camped in opposition half. I don't have, I don't have no problem with that. I think like when I'm, when I was watching City, that's the exact same thing they did. Ooh, yeah, um, they did. And, and that's why, that's why I see similarities in the kind of pep thing. Yeah. Um, the difference is, is that, you know, within that, there might be some players that really excite you. Mm. I don't think it's as, I don't think it's as simple as saying, oh, because they have better players, they look better or they create more chances. But I do think that in terms of just the aesthetic, I think if you play a Kovacic, you play a Havertz, you play a Ziyech, that you have that quality of player that can kind of excite and, and make you look up. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm not too fussed and I kind of agree with Anu in that, like, I was. I'm not. I'm not slating him for what what it looks like at the moment, based on the fact that, you know, there's so little training time and so many games, and he's coming mid season. Again, um, we've got we've got low scoring games as well, so we're not really. I remember when we scored two, and it's like, okay, we scored two in the game. You know what I'm yeah. saying? It's it's a weird thing. What you're saying is, in terms of the players playing, I do feel like it's a weird one for some reason. Like I didn't want Werner initially when we were linked. And the reason why is because I just feel like I don't really like players that rely on kind of like, you know, getting in behind and getting fed to score. And I feel like we've got quite a lot of those in terms of Werner. Havertz is one of those players that need it. Giroud need it. And when you're camped into the other team's half as well, there's not much space. But Werner's quick across the ground. Havertz is quick across the ground. So, yeah, I feel like that's going to be where, like, if hopefully those players, when they're playing, that's like, I think Werner already, he's done a lot of that in terms of when he has been getting assists. I think it's a lot of that when he's been getting penalties. But um, Anu, what have you been impressed or what are you not impressed with tactically from Tuchel? As I said, I think I'm impressed with um, his ability to change it, his ability to be brave, his ability to... Um, feel like relay tactical instructions to the team. I think um, instantly with 24 hours notice when he played that first game, we were able to see a sense of the gameplay was different. So whether it was what he wanted to be, but it was different. So What was different about it? I think what was different about it was the pace of the play. I think what was different about it was it wasn't just straight to the wings. There mm. was more intention to play through the middle, which I think, as opposed to Lampard, we always just wanted to play in the wings. Um, so there was a mix-up. Yes, rules made it as difficult as possible, but it was quicker. It was urgency. Like, there was um, pressing. 
most importantly, there was an actual uh, structured press and not just two people shadowing, you know, my favorite. No shadowing, no shadowing. No shadowing. So 16, 16 recoveries in the in the final thirds. Was it, it's important. Yeah, he made that clear. So yeah. that was much a difference. I think that's what really impressed me about him. And just that he knows the job he has at hand in a short period of time in this season. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he, he's doing it to short fix. I think long term, he wants something different for the team and for the club. So I think that really impressed me. And just his ability, just, just obviously, of course, I've spoken before, his player management, um, what I feel that, what, and, and his knowledge of the game. He's like, also, it's just a manager that I've said it before, and it's a manager that has earned his stripes. He's come mm. from the bottom to the top. And it's if that's not clear to see, then I don't know what it is. And this is just the problem with Lampard. It, it always was, it was take away the sentimental value from him being a club legend. The guy didn't have his badges. Like there was no reason for him to be in that seat apart from there was a club legend. It was an experiment that sadly went wrong. But the managerial experience showed at the, at the end when things were going wrong. It showed that this guy just didn't really know about that side of the game, sadly enough. And I hope he does eventually. And listen, I'm sure he's going to get his stripes later. But mm-hmm. we have one who's experienced around the same age and one who wasn't. And mm-hmm. um, I really think we're going to reap the benefits of it soon. And we already are. OK, cool. So everyone, thanks for listening. Definitely use the hashtag... As I said at the start, we did a Patreon pod um, reviewing a Newcastle game. So, yeah, if you want to listen to that, um, in fact, please listen to that. Sign up. There's other stuff there already. What I think is interesting, obviously, it's just like five, six games in, as kind of Palumi kind of alluded to. We, don't, we haven't really played anyone significant that, you know, actually want to come out and play yet. Um, I think it's interesting. If you think about the 3-0 that um, Bayern slapped us, we were playing a 3-4-3, three, three, not too dissimilar to that. So I feel like it'll be interesting going forward. We can give the praise to Tuchel now, but like I said, it's early days. We haven't really, you know, played anyone. But yeah, thank you for listening. Use the hashtag again. Thanks, Pearls. Thanks, um, Anu, for joining me. Um, yeah, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll see you next week. The greatest night in the history of Chelsea Football Club. European champions. Sports Social Podcast Network.